0: gotta be a little like finger guns like sunglasses all the time like come do science kids we explode things and they're like ah that's something that you know i tried to do math and it feels like i'm petting a cat backwards uh which pizza is most popular with lacrosse squirrels all
1: right i know what you're thinking but don't worry all of those thoughts will make sense eventually it, well up maybe the squirrels and pizza thing, but the others will all fall into place as you listen to this episode of Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper, and this time around, I'm really excited. I've always wanted to talk to a physicist, and this is my chance. Her name is Spencer Halsey, and besides being a physicist, she is also UWL's Youth and STEM Outreach Program Specialist, and she's here to talk about the summer youth programs that UWL is putting on, and... Well, I'll be honest, we talk about a lot of other things, as you may have gathered from the opening. So we'll be right back and get into the conversation with Spencer Halsey on Around River City. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. It's the podcast about uh, the people and the businesses and the places and the events that make this area such a cool place to live. And one of the people making it a really cool place to live, especially for your kids this summer, is Spencer Halsey. She is the UWL Youth and STEM Outreach Program Specialist and we wanted to talk about the summer program so I started the conversation by asking her about her, her breakfast.
0: I had grits
1: for breakfast. So are you an instant grits person? Or?
0: Uh, well, I try not to be but don't quote me on this. that will make society be disappointed.
1: Tell me your title one more time.
0: Oh boy, okay. My t- official title is Outreach Program Specialist. I like to tailor it um, to my particular areas of interest that I like to talk about, which is youth and STEM outreach specialist. You're a physicist. I have my bachelor's in physics, but I did it. I ran the gauntlet. I know what a Lagrangian is three out of five times now, so...
1: What what area of physics?
0: Uh, so my, I mean, I have a, like a little area that I, I really like, which is just lasers and photons. Uh, I love the quantum theory that was associated with that. But of course, my minor and focus was in astrophysics, so all things space. If you want to talk about space, I, we can just you know bookshelf the youth programs talk about space for the next thirty minutes.
1: We could. I'm <laughs> I'm a huge Carl Sagan fan, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, that is really cool. I'm actually working with a person to set up a new program who used to work with Carl Sagan like all the time and help him with his programs. So that's that's actually a small world.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is as close. This is almost like a star meeting for me then because you're you're close to Carl Sagan. Six degrees of separation. <laughs> six degrees. Wow. I really want to ask you about Schrodinger's cat, but I, uh, that's maybe a different uh, line of physics. That's uh, of that. It's a
0: really common I know. really <laughs> common question. I know, I know, I know. Uh, we learned the equations behind it, okay. um, and it tr- turns out the cat is a, the best way to present them because if you had to look at the math, you're like, oh, that doesn't look like a cat at all. This isn't fun yes. anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. But he is alive, right?
0: Yeah, he's Let's alive. just say he's, he's alive. alive. And
1: he's a cute little kitty, and he's on TikTok somewhere.
0: Yes, he's got, uh, like, at least 300 followers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and if you want to know more about Schrodinger's cat, you can look it up and uh, and go through the math and the pictures and all that stuff yourself. But we're going to move on to other things. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and what you do with uh, UWL.
0: Yeah, so um, my name is Spencer Halsey. I am a newer staff member at UWL. Uh, My position there is to help set up new outreach initiatives, a.k.a. make sure that the kids in La Crosse and all of the surrounding areas have fun things to do in the summer. Uh, make sure that they're getting education outside of their classrooms, and so my job is to work with instructors and work with community groups to set up these programs.
1: Okay, so which which of the programs are you excited about,
0: okay. other than all yes. of them? Uh, well, I have a couple that I am particularly excited about. Um, so first is Hands On Science. This program I think has been running it's been running longer than I've been alive. Just just for context, it's like twenty seven years now at least. Um, and it's a it's a summer program right at, in, in the middle of summer where students can get a taste of college uh, where they attend these workshops taught by instructors the instructors pick the topics they're like what is the most fun uh, they develop these hands-on science workshops where um, boys and girls like ages, whatever fifth and sixth grade is, how many years that, that's too many, 10, 11, yeah. Um, get to just sitting uh, and, and get real hands-on experience, either outside, outdoors, or inside a class, um, and experience what, what these cool instructors are working on. We have one that's one of the sessions is, is like digging around in the dirt and uh, playing in the sand and learning how erosion affects all of these um, shapes around us. And, and I just want to preface this. I'm excited by that because I am from southern Illinois where it is flatter than flat. And so erosion is just topsoil, whereas here it shapes a 3D landscape around us. So I was it was fun to hear the instructor talk about all of those things. They also have like murder mysteries. They have the kids solve using science. So it it combines a lot of the things that I like to see in outreach, just, you know, problem solving and, and, and fun uh, applied to sciences and, you know, getting instructors involved and and students involved. We've we've already seen about 50% of the seats fill up. We opened registration like a couple weeks ago. So very popular event that we host.
1: So I know why the kids might want to, be a part of one of these programs if they're interested in the subject. But as a as a parent, I guess I want to know that the kids are getting something out of it too.
0: Well, in a very official way, uh, we do send out surveys to parents every year, and we get their feedback on their experience and what they're hearing from their kids. Um, and so, like, I've read through a lot of those um, – responses whenever I first started here to see what kind of changes we would want to bring uh, now that we're bringing all the programs back. A lot of them weren't offered the last several years. So we had a, a like a blank slate. Um, and I think one of the things the parents commented on a lot was just how excited their kids were whenever they came home to tell them about what happened. Uh, so, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the parents aren't the ones in the classroom that it's the kids the, those are the, that's our audience, but the parents get to share exciting stories And hear about those exciting stories. And also, they get a little bit of break for a day. We'll take the kids.
1: absolutely. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll take the kids for a bit. We'll teach them. We'll take them. um, And the parents can breathe easy for a day before they come pick them up in the afternoon. One of the most popular ones we offer is Kids Culinary, uh, where they actually go for like three days and learn how to cook, which, frankly, I could have benefited from. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I lived on ramen for way too long. No excuses. Um, Yeah, so Kids Culinary is one of the big ones we have. I mean, and at the end, there's actually a banquet for parents. So... Parents, if you also want Whoa. to have fun, uh, send your kid to kids' culinary. Because at the end, they pre- they present a whole banquet of food um, for parents. Yeah, we we go we go hard on these programs. We want kids to get the most out of it, and parents when possible.
1: Do so- we parents have to clean up the dishes then? Or no, not? no, it's oh, the one meal that you don't have to <sighs> clean up. Why go to this effort to do these things?
0: selfishly, I enjoy it. It's for like me personally, it's so fun to work with instructors to allow them to share what they, they enjoy. I mean, I think anyone who works in education or has students going through education right now can see the burnout um, that a lot of instructors all the way from K to 12 to high school and beyond um, are going through, right? And so to see people reminded that there's still fun to be had in teaching is is great. Um, I, I always kind of tended towards outreach. And I, while well, I studied STEM and I, I ran the gauntlet of math, um, I always found myself gravitated towards the, the human side, which is actually not that common in STEM. The stereotypes sometimes ring true that a lot of STEM is filled with introverts. And I want to change that. Uh, I want to I want to make sure that, you know, it's not just the the really, really in-depth math kids that are getting involved mm-hmm. in these fun projects. You
1: seem very outgoing
0: to me. <laughs> it's It comes with the territory, you know, being yeah, yeah. outreach. You got to be a little like finger guns, like sunglasses. This is old time. Like, come do science, kids. We <laughs> explode things. Like, remind people that there's fun in science. Like, yeah. that's the most fun part yeah. of science.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about STEM, um, because there is the stereotype, but there's also such an importance for people to to get a better education at that. We need people in those areas. What mm-hmm. are they again?
0: So it's science, technology, engineering, and math. However, um, a more popular um, acronym is STEAM, because art is also included in there, encouraging students, because um, art and math and, and all the connections are, are actually very overlapping.
1: I, I love that, because <laughs> I was just this weekend, I heard, and I have thought this too, and I've, I'm guessing you'll agree, um, I had just heard the, uh, an artist, a, a songwriter, I can't remember who they were, said that uh, music is poetry and mathematics working together.
0: That's that's very musical, very musician interpretation, and I love it. <laughs> music and uh, it's just, it's just poetry and math. I mean, rhythm is is so innate, and to see then have the skills to apply it into a logical formation. Some people might see that as like a like ruining art by making it mathematical, but we, absolutely not. I just I couldn't disagree more. Well,
1: music, I mean you you'd you'd have to choose not to see it if you don't see the math in music. I mean, I understand that uh, some art is is more nebulous and a little bit more abstract, but you you can't have a structure of music without math,
0: uh, yeah. Uh, like, it's it's just it's funny because most people see math as a a non innate quality of humans and they're like ah that's something that you know I try to do math and it feels like I'm petting a cat backwards right like it doesn't feel right but it's it's innate <laughs> it is I'm it's in write our that music. Down. petting <laughs> a cat
1: backwards okay. yes
0: like have your brain right there petting a cat backwards doesn't feel right. Um, yeah, no, it's innate. And I think that by introducing kids to the, all of these different ways of thinking that instructors have already learned and want to share with others is, is another way to ensure that, you know, they don't feel that math is just something way beyond a, a yeah. ten, like them attending. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, even through art, which some people find easier to access.
1: Sure, sure. Well, I, I, I just like the idea that those those things are finally being put together. Uh, the 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 sciences and the technologies and the arts. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it really, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the play. I, I think it is called. I don't remember, but it was written by Steve Martin.
0: Okay, okay, love Steve Martin. Uh, and, ten out of ten comedian. <laughs> and the
1: and the entire play is a conversation between Einstein and Picasso. Huh. I did look it up and I got a refresher. The play written by Steve Martin is called Picasso at the Lapin Agile. Uh, Pardon my poor French accent. Uh, But it is more or less a conversation uh, amongst people at a bar in Paris, mainly between Einstein and Picasso, about the nature of art, the nature of mathematics and physics, and how those things come together. I've got a link in the notes if you want to check out an entire performance on YouTube of the play. Spencer and I are going to continue our conversation about math and art and the UWL Summer Youth Programs when we come right back on Around River City. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. By the way, you can subscribe for free to the podcast at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you download your podcasts. And again, it's absolutely free. You'll get a notification and you'll never miss an episode. So back talking with UWL Youth and STEM Outreach Program Specialist Spencer Halsey. And uh, where were we again? Oh, right. Math and Art.
0: It's it's been true since the start of humanity, right? Like yeah. as soon as art was there, math was also there. Um and we actually so we have a speak like art and I say my my title is youth and STEM, but we have art focused camps where instructors are are focusing on teaching like technical art skills, ways to interpret art that will forever change the way these students see art. Um and I I, I you know, once again I kind of wish I was back in middle school so I could uh, attend these art camps because I would love to see how abstract art is actually founded in a lot of things that we experience, right? And so those abilities to read right. art. Right. Um, well, look yeah. at yeah.
1: cubism is, is maybe the everybody's introduction to what abstract art is. Also but look at the word cube. it's That's a mathematical construct, isn't yeah.
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and uh, like working out lines of perspective. I mean, if we really want to talk about yeah. art theory, we can do that. Uh, like the... Um, the the like working measurements, the golden ratio is a, a mathematical concept that is inherently defined by art. It's just and and you know encouraging students to get engaged in that kind of conversation that may not happen until they're in high school early is is not something we should be scared to do.
1: Am I bad that math scares me?
0: Oh, I sucked in math. That's I that was a my physicist. lowest grade. Are you a physics person. I am. I. I It was – I was awful at math, (laughs) Uh, and uh, I I actually
1: (laughs) – Oh, you're covering your face now. That's okay. That's okay. No shame. No shame.
0: (laughs) No shame. I struggle. So uh, math is weird. Uh, Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. So to hear that she's good at math, I mean, she's – that's a a fantastic skill to have. Some people, it it comes very naturally, too, and other – like, through me, I had to learn math through physics. I had to – see math applied and even then i was it's still rough but i actually was able to make it um and, and then soon it, it grew more and more uh, comfortable with it with time so mm-hmm. to hear that she's good at math and is excelling i mean first of all has she considered physics <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um yeah no i actually i, I was rough at math uh, in my my high school i had a graduating class of like 38 kids
1: i had 50 in mind so i yeah, know what you mean
0: yeah we were 44 but the couple of them didn't make it. Uh, They'll have me do math on the fly. I'm not going to subtract now. Six. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we um, we were small but mighty in rural Illinois, where it's you, you can actually we have more chickens than people in our town, and that's a Ooh, fact. Okay. Uh, you can Google that. Um, and yep. Yeah, so the math class is there. We were lucky to have a very tenacious teacher, but. Um, whenever I got to college, it was like a culture shock. Uh, we, we didn't do our, – our student orgs and our, our student body didn't really interact with outreach because we don't have any colleges nearby our town okay. that do a lot, um, unlike UWL, which has all these different programs. Um, and so I never really was involved in, in math things and, and experiencing math until I got to college, like real math.
1: So – I think you can identify with this because you said you had to learn math through physics. But, mm-hmm. you know, we mentioned earlier our shared respect for Carl Sagan. Yes. And when I was in high school, uh, 1979 through 82, 78 through 82 is when I was in high school. So a long, long time ago. No cracks, please. <laughs> um, let's not do that math today. Like, all right. I won't. But I would walk, you know, he had Cosmos, the show on PBS, and it came with the book that goes along with it. And yeah. for... My entire junior year of high school, I, I walked around school carrying that book because it was like my Bible, and I was reading the book. I don't. I could never understand why I couldn't get a date. Maybe that had something to do with it. <laughs> you
0: walk up to a bar. This is what I got. It's just cosmos.
1: <laughs> why could I understand some of those concepts that he presented in the book, like planetary motion?
0: Yep, Kepler's and laws. W- yeah.
1: Why could I understand that? But I, the Pythagorean theorem, kills me to this day. <laughs>
0: It's actually like he's the my arch same. enemy. Uh, Pythagoras. Everyone, everyone throws that name out. It's 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 mud. That name is mud. <laughs> uh, I think something about. Well, I, I guess I can connect with my own um, understanding is <sighs> physics is innate. It, we all live it. We all experience it more actively than you experience math, right? You can really picture. The planet's moving around. You can picture in your mind what that looks like. Sorry, Tomey, the one with the really messed up one. He didn't win. Uh, But now that we have the heliocentric (laughs) model, you can picture it. And um, the... Like, like physics concepts you can just carry around and, and um, continue to learn the math afterwards and you have something to apply it back to. That's a difference. It's a difference in strategy of learning. It's it's giving your brain something tangible to hold on to, whereas triangles are are boring and not fun. Your brain doesn't want to hold on to those. Where is the fun in that? Right. Um, and like give your brain something pretty and colorful because at at the its very core, it is just like a crow. It loves shiny things and physics is full of shiny things. So
1: <laughs> Well and I guess I guess to bring it back to the reason we're here and the summer programs is you are presenting these programs and these ideas, these concepts, these lessons. In a very fun, entertaining way.
0: Yeah, giving them shiny things to remember. Um, and I, so this is this is my first year, right? I only started in September, and I've got to experience only a couple of the programs so far. Most of them are in the summer, so I'll be seeing them for the first time myself. Um, and so for those of you who have, haven't attended, also come experience for the first time yourself, right? <laughs> but we we really do encourage our instructors to to have fun with it, use their subject matter, and and make it fun. And and they absolutely can because that's why they became instructors. They they love finding those shiny things and sharing it with others. And and I like doing that. Whenever I did outreach uh, for U of I, one of my favorite things to talk about was general relativity. Um, on the surface, that sounds super complicated and awful, but it's actually full of of shiny things that are are fun and memorable. Um, like I, I usually uh, when I was hanging out with my friends, we we would talk about it and using the salt and pepper shakers in the. Um, Dining hall and, and actually mark out how it worked and how it came to be and how they ultimately used that to find dark matter, another shiny topic in physics. Um and
1: no, the pun intended yeah,
0: there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Anti pun intended, right? <laughs> a very not shiny thing in physics. Um and why black holes now look the way they do. So like giving and not only that, like it's even on a bigger scale, and I, I say this blowing my arms out, yeah. almost knocking the map uh the mic off, uh the the students can find what they love in these interests of other instructors, right? That's mm-hmm. They can find what they want to do. I was I found mine through a book, uh, but it was only because of the passions of my high school teachers that I actually started on that path. And so, like, all the students that are going to be attending will, will have the chance to find mm-hmm. those things.
1: Spencer Halsey is the UWL Youth and STEM Outreach Program Specialist, and we are talking about UWL's really cool summer programs on this episode of Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. We'll be right back. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for joining me and Spencer Halsey for this conversation about the UWL summer programs and about all kinds of other things. I've always wanted to sit down and corral a physicist to talk about things, and so I definitely took advantage of it this time around. But we are also talking about the UWL summer youth programs. So let's get back to the conversation about time and physics. So speaking of, of time dilation and, and, and the slowing down of time and the speeding up of time, and this is a question that I want you as a scientist to answer for me definitively.
0: All right. Hakam, right. yes.
1: the time during staff meetings slows down so much? Why, <laughs> Why is an hour two hours okay. in a staff meeting?
0: Here it is. Uh, big personalities, mm-hmm. big amount of mass. The more mass you have, uh, <laughs> I the... don't want
1: my boss to hear the big mass part.
0: <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, all the all the ideas that brain power actually yeah. has mass, and it's the it's... the weight of of all of the ideas and personalities in the room make that time slow down. So that's it. That's my best. <laughs> that's physics. That's science.
1: That is some quality scientific bullshit.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's the ad hoc hypothesis right there. I He'll, love it. I'll publish a paper a couple years.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. We keep getting off topic. Um, this, is, this, this is
0: topic enough. This for me. stuff is fascinating
1: <laughs> to me. All of this is. Well, and I, like I said in the beginning, I wish there were more of these, or maybe there were a lot of these when I was a kid and my parents just weren't aware. I don't know. But I think um, it's just the world is so wide open to young people these days. Mm-hmm. And I think programs like this make that happen.
0: We, we absolutely encourage it. I've seen some amazing, amazingly smart students come through our programs. The ones that I've attended to, there was a high schooler uh, who had published a paper uh, already on um, imaginary numbers in a very specific mathematical case, Taylor Series um approximation like it was it, the title was that but like this kid published a paper as a high schooler right he had clearly been introduced to some kinds of math really early on <laughs> that i was never introduced to and it's not only just a timing thing but it's also a uh a where people live thing um and it's it's frustrating whenever people say ah well madison does it so like let madison do it I, apparently i've picked up on an animosity <laughs> um, like from across, I lived in Madison before okay. this. I worked at Epic. You yeah, know, they're like, yeah. ah, they're so big. They get all the money. Absolutely not. We have so much to offer here, and so that way, like people like your daughter can experience things that I never got to in my classrooms, and you may have never gotten to in your classes or in the summer. I worked on a farm. I raised chickens all summer. So
1: that's not that bad was, either, though. That
0: was no, no. I loved it. I love my. I, that's life goal number one is to go back and have chickens again. I love them, but. Um,
1: I think you'll need a special permit.
0: Yeah, probably. probably. A lot of, and you have to be wary of ones that crow. But yeah. I, I, if you ever uh, need a chicken species identified, I got you. That's one of my favorite things. Like, that is an Australorp. That is an Appenzeller's Batabon.
1: Favorite thing. That's my pastime. I've always found that the one thing better than raising your own chickens for the eggs and things like that is having a friend. That does that. Oh
0: yeah, and, then and whenever just they gives have
1: you or sells you the eggs,
0: too many eggs. I sold so yes. many eggs in high school. We were trying to get rid of these. I'm like, it's a dollar for fifty. Like, go, no.
1: just take them. Just, just take them. Take them. So, how do we get our kids involved in the programs?
0: Yeah, thank goodness you were, you were asking these questions. I was ready. You talking about chickens? Um, so it's. A couple things I want to I want to note. Uh, you can simply go on to the UWL website, check in youth programs at extended learning. You'll see the full list. Our website is very up to date. Uh, but I really want to note that we have so many scholarships. We are every single program has scholarships for students because the last two years we haven't offered anything. So this is the best year oh. to to a, if you ever wanted to attend a program. Um, this is the year to do it, so you can go on there and check out what we have your, for your kids, your grandkids, great-grandkids. You're like, ah, that's exactly what they would be interested in. Ask them um, and apply, and I 100% recommend every single person apply to a scholarship. Um, we, we keep for fees very minimum for youth. Um, programs like camps, like comparatively to the community, we keep them very, very, very inexpensive and offer scholarships of like 85% of any registration costs whatsoever to be covered wow. with
1: scholarships. I'm guessing that there are a lot of people that had no idea there were scholarships in, you know, connected to these programs.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we see so, many, so much. Uh, pe- people are so eager. They sign up and they don't even register. I'm like, don't you don't have to. It. Don't even think about it. But we have a full list of things that students can get involved in. Um, and parents. There's, there's one event um, where the community can get really involved as well. And it's it's May 10th. This year from 12 to 2, and um, it's the Science and Math Expo. This event has been going on. For, this is a 30th anniversary now. Um, and we use community members as judges for science fair projects. So, you know, all those like old volcano things that yeah. kids make, make? Yeah. So, we actually invite anybody who wants to, um, you know, has who has at least some familiarity with science and math, to come and have like a very lighthearted fun where they judge the projects of middle schoolers. Um, it's about 300 students. It's a huge event. Um, and so if you have experience in science and math and you would like to be a judge at a science fair, um, hmm. email us, ex <laughs> at uwlx.edu. Like, come on down. We'll, we'll sign you up. And we we uh, give every judge a form. And they go and they ask kids about Whatever they found interesting, like does parachute shape affect fall? Do batteries last longer in the fridge? Uh, which pizza is most popular with lacrosse squirrels? The questions that we are all <laughs> wondering about. Um, so, so, I'm yeah. curious. You I'm should very be a judge. Curious. Kid, come on down. Well, I've
1: already proven that I'm not, I can't judge on the on the math.
0: Uh, We're not, it's all for fun. It's all lighthearted fun. There's no prizes, no awards, but the kids get to. I mean, some of these kids are actually doing real research, which blows my mind. Um, they're like researching river ecology. Um, so, yeah, but I mostly do, all for fun.
1: I do think that we are creating a generation of uh, very thoughtfully minded young people.
0: We also encourage them to have fun outside of all the science. But Um, I mean,
1: thinking about river ecology, mm -hmm. they're they're not, I mean, I, I think I'm really curious, this group of people that will be at these uh, programs this summer uh, in 20 years, uh, what, what they will be doing with the world that we've left them.
0: Well, hopefully, hopefully making it just a continual, the continual effort of making it a better place, right? Like that's. That's what we all hope for, and, and yeah. um, whenever, just it's just a little small step, right? We just get them slightly more excited about something, like something about river ecology, something about public health, uh, and, and they can carry that and, and make it their own. And that's, that's it. It's just a small, like one person carrying that, my, like something they may have never experienced outside of these events and, and using it to make the world a better place.
1: Hmm. your kids can have some fun in the summertime and maybe make the world a better place. I like that. Thank you, Spencer Halsey, for the conversation, the wide-ranging, meandering conversation about so many things. And you should hear the stuff that I edited out. Anyway, Spencer is the UWL Youth and STEM Outreach Program Specialist. I've got a link to uh, UWL's summer youth programs and how you can get your children involved. So check that out. And listen in for the next episode of Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for being part of the conversation.